You give a lot of hand clap on that. I want to show you this uh, video because of the fact, one, if you didn't know, we're part of every nation. Um, ministries and churches, our churches, it's a family of churches worldwide. We have over a thousand churches in the world. What you just saw is what we call our North American Initiative, our 2020 initiative. And here's the greatest thing about it. We showed this last year. And you guys gave, and all those church plants that just currently took place this year, you had a part of that. That's amazing. And this year, what we want to do again is the same thing. We want to give you an opportunity. On either side of you, there's an envelope. Uh, an op opportunity to, better to go into. You can pray, you can give, you can go. If you know someone, how many people know some people in, in San Antonio? How many have, know, have, do they have a church to go to? They do now. When I talk about going, maybe we can't go to San Antonio, but we know people can go there. Um, ben and Brandy Chapman will be giving, uh, will plant that church here, and um, they'll be going there in February, and they'll start their ministry here by Easter of 2014. You'll get a chance to meet them next week. They're going to come in and share their vision about what they got going on. But again, everything we do here is we do it here at Regional. All our churches came together the last few months and said, how can we plant more churches in the United States of America. We have a lot of churches overseas. We got a bunch of churches, but America, we're trying to put a church about every corner, I would say, about every city, wherever there's a university. Um, how many believe for Lubbock, Texas? How many know about Lubbock, Texas? We need a church in Lubbock. We, got, we, already got, we already have college students meeting in Lubbock, but we have no church, so we need a church. So what God wants to do, he'll plant a church out of our region, and we're part of the southwestern region. So this opportunity, again, if you grab an envelope, Okay, it's no obligation for you to give. But I'm here to tell you, once you get into what God is doing, you'll be surprised how blessed you become. And there's three opportunities you can do to give. Um, one on, number one, um, you want to give a single gift. You can give a single gift today. The next one is if you want to actually partner with uh, North American Initiative, you can put that information in there, how much you want to do monthly. And the third one is if you're already an existing partner like we are, you can get and say, I still want to renew my... Uh, my partnership for the next couple of years. Now, and you fill out these envelopes, okay? There's information on the inside. You're using the credit card. What you'll do after you fill them out, hold on to them. And that box behind you is what we call our tithe and offering box. We want you to take that envelope on the way out and stick it in the box, okay? Because this is not even going to the church. This is going directly by FedEx out the door, on Monday, well, tomorrow, if the weather's good. Well, FedEx using every, works in every weather, don't they? Yeah, they don't care. They're like the post office. They move in any kind of weather. That's what opportunity you get to do. Um, fill that out. Pray about it. Take it. Pray about it. If you want, we're going to about two weeks from now, we'll mail it out. But really, one of the greatest things you, you'll, you'll notice is when you start to do things above what you think you're capable of doing, you start to feel more. Um, God puts some type of life. Is, uh, you have more of a significance of life. I'm trying to put it together for you. When you get in the zone of giving and being a blessing to a nation or giving to a state, when they up there celebrate and say, God, we just planted a church here, you're part of the celebration. And God loves that. And what happens is when you open the door of blessings, you start to receive. And I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about all things from relationships on. 
That's why we don't say, you got to do this, you got to do this. If you want to become sort of something big, getting part of the North American initiative because it's huge. And the greatest thing is we have our church, first church plant in Texas, that our region, us, will be supporting. And we already have a senior pastor and his wife that are going to need a lot of prayer because I'm telling you what, it takes a lot of faith to have a Bible and a vision to plant a church. And you'll get to meet them next week. So, again, the envelopes on either side of you, grab one at the end of the service, put it right in that box, and then we'll pull them out next week. Amen? All righty. So, how many are ready for Thanksgiving? What's wrong? Y'all don't like to eat? You know, when I grew up, one of my first goals was, when I grew up, was to, um, you have to sit at the little table with the little people. We were little people. And then the adults sat at the big table. And our goal was to go to, from the little table to the big table. Then I remember my first time at the big table. I wanted to go back to the little table because adults are just boring sometimes. And I really love Thanksgiving because that's when everyone came together, family, and everyone ate. Because my dad had this policy. If you showed up and you want to act like you have some kind of manners and you don't want to eat, he will tell you in front of everybody, you don't need to come back here because you don't know how to eat. And you can just leave. And he'll tell us, don't invite them over here no more because they don't know how to eat food. So we grew up in an environment where eating is biblical. Can you tell? See, God blesses me to eat so it doesn't show. Now, for some of you, not that blessed. I'm sorry. But that only comes on certain people. So this, this Thursday and Wednesday, well, starting tonight, because the pies start going right about now. And You all right, honey? Isn't that cool? All right, that's cool. I'm begging now. It starts to fly, and you get to have a great time. Because I mean, no, Thanksgiving should be every day for a Christian. And what I want to talk about, cap off our, um, our sermon series today on Thanksgiving number four about sustaining Thanksgiving. Because Thanksgiving to us as believers should be an everyday thing. It shouldn't have nothing to do with the weather. How many love Texas? It's not even wintertime yet. Winter shows up, go from 80 degrees, because I saw y'all in the shorts hanging out, to 40, I mean, 20 degrees in 24 hours. Only in Texas. And then by Turkey Day, it should be about 60 to 70. So you can eat and run outside. And now I guess Walmart's open now on Thursday. Everyone's acting like they're not going to be there. You act like the way you get in church. They act like, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be there. You're going to be Black Friday. They need to change that name. I don't like that name. But. And you can come back and eat some more and enjoy fun. Now, some of us are traveling. Okay, we'll pray for you guys. And some of us are going into some environments that are not all that good. Because, you know, the holidays, how many are like this? The best of times, and sometimes it could be the worst of times. And I want to teach you when you go with this, uh, this last message that you can enjoy the best of times even in the worst of times. Because it's not about your condition you're in. It's about who you are. How many now, just sitting here, because we're all from different places, have this, had this question on your mind? What is God's will for me on this earth? 
I know you college students ask, who am I going to marry? When am I going to get a job? That's your parents asking the same thing. When are you going to get paid so we stop paying you? What am I going to do in my career? And you realize that right now you're all in school with majors that you're not even going to work in after you get out. Statistics say it already. <laughs> 70%. You got the degree, you got the loans, but I don't like that job. Yeah. Anyway, but you got to work. Adults, at this time, what am I going to do? What is God's will for my life? Who am I, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? How many just struggle on that question about every day? And as you struggle on that question, you kind of get despondent if it doesn't seem like it's answering quick enough. Because you, everyone wants something now. You want to be a, uh, a professor now. You don't want to go to four years, six years of college. I can have it right now. And that can become very despondent on people. But our Thanksgiving and really living a full life has nothing to do with what God wants us to be. It's about who we are. I'm going to tell you what God's will is for your life. And it doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. I'm going to tell you these three things that if you stay on those things, God will reveal everything to you. And here's the greatest thing. You'll have a good time with it as you're going through the process because life's supposed to be a party. No one believes that. Can you do me a favor? Because I didn't put this on the, um, on the screen. Romans 14, 17. Put that up for me. Now get my Bible. I can tell how much I love my Bible. It's coming apart. Here it is. This is Paul. When they were arguing about food and how you eat it, do you eat pork? You don't eat this, you don't eat that. And Paul said this, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and what? And what? And <laughs> so there's no joy apart from who said that? They said, amen? Come on, somebody. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Last time I checked, joy is fun. But it's eternal. It's not captivated by good or bad. It's just from the Holy Spirit. Righteousness. Have right standing with God. How many want just right standing with God? It's awesome. Peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. That peace that when everything is going around you is just Crazy. That makes life a party because why would you worry and you're going to have fun? Because you're in right standing with God. Life's over. Not really. It just starts. So I look at that. That's what I'm saying. It should be a party every day, guys. Really for us as believers. Should, we should be, I know there are things going on in our lives. But how we look at it is a whole lot different. That's why I want to tell you about God's will for your life. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 starting in verse 16 through 18. It's a little, right there in the pocket is the Thessalonica church. This is Paul speaking. And really, this whole thing is titled, this is communion with God. It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks for all circumstances. In, huh? Who said in? In all circumstances. For this is what? For you, uh, for, in Christ Jesus for you. Wait a minute. The will of God. 
has nothing to do with a car that no one will marry. It just says three things. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Those are three traits of a believer. Joy, prayer, and thanksgiving. That should mark our lives at all times and all circumstances. And this is God's will. When I'm going through, this is God's will, which is he wants, he commands this. Isn't that awesome that you, I mean, we're in military, we call it mandatory fun. Right? You have to show up to the party because mandatory, have fun. Man, well, this is God's mandatory, have fun. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. It's kind of tough today. I'll tell you why. Three things I'm going to go over with this scripture. It's very simple. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. Rejoice. Always. What does always mean in the Greek? How about the Hebrew? How about in Latin? Rejoice always. How many people not smiling this morning? Because it has nothing to do with your external situation. It's about your internal situation. Who's Jesus Christ? That's why you can smile in the midst of storms because you know that Christ, like we said last week, is our anchor, our soul, is our everything. Because our inner life has a direct impact on our outer attitude. We can tell if you had a good week with God. It shows up on Sunday. You say, how do you know that? I can tell the light has not been on for a week. And I can tell when the light is on for a week and you had a great time with God. Because your attitude will show your inner life. Isn't that amazing? Rejoice means to be cheerful, to be well. Here's another word, to thrive. Remember, it's not bound by circumstances or uh, difficulties. It's from the Lord. Now, there's a couple things you can rejoice in. There's three things you can rejoice in. How about the first one? Let's rejoice in the Lord. What does that look like? How about your praise? When you rejoice in the Lord. How many get a chance to praise at home? In your, in your, when no one's looking. You ought to try it. It's fun. Now, you did it as a kid because how many love guitar playing and band and drums and all that stuff? When you were a kid, like when I grew up, I wanted to be like the Jackson 5. So I get, you know, Mike, they do that in front of the mirror. And I'd be singing and carrying on with a microphone. Think I'm, I'm all that in a bag of chips. But I'm having fun. They look at me like I'm crazy. Well, the same thing if, you, <laughs> if you're worshiping God. Rejoicing in the Lord. Not in a relationship. Not in your job. Not in the satisfaction only that. Rejoice in the Lord. That's what I like about it. And you can do it anywhere, anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Philippians 4.4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I said rejoice. This is Paul. This is, this is actually, again, this is the command. To have fun. Even if you don't do well on the test, have fun. Because you get to take it over anyway. What's wrong with taking it over? At least you know the information now. 
How many, you know, you fail a test, you fail a test. You're looking at the guy, you know, if he three, four times, it's okay with me. What am I going to do? Take it over. So I got to rejoice. I get to see it again. Because I didn't study, so I deserve it. Huh? That's true. That's my fault. So I laugh because I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to fix me, help me. He said, you didn't help yourself. I helped you. So. Because, <laughs> you know, you study all, you don't do anything, you know, procrastinator. <laughs> got a test. Yeah, it's in November. It's September. You have a chance to study for it. Yeah, I got time. Got time. The night before the test. I said, that's not working. God, in the name of Jesus, I ask right now, give me the answers. Did I get a 70? Now, I said, God, I'll never do it again. And I do it again. Having fun. Can I write this down in your notes? It's not in your notes. When I, I'm, 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 I'm hitting through some stuff right now. Stop taking yourself so seriously. I mean, come on. We take ourselves too seriously. Some of us are 20-something years old. We're acting like we're 60. <sighs> What's my will? Man, have fun. You're 20-something years old? Guess what? You got up this morning, nothing hurt, did it? It didn't hurt, did it? You didn't get injured getting up. Try it. Get up and admit, pop. What is that? Donis, what is that noise? <laughs> That's me. No one breaking in the house. That's my body. I'm way out here now, you know. <laughs> if you're old, you know what to do. I mean, sorry, mature. Right? We don't have to run all. That's why we beat the young people in sports, because they run all up and down. We just sit there and throw threes up. Can't run yourself out. They get mad at each other. And we just, yeah, this is a blessing because we can't even run. Because you know what to do. You know what not to do. If you don't know what to do, you're married. Your wife will tell you what to do. Right. Because who's in charge? We're not in charge. That's what it's about. That's what life should be about. Remember, we, I mean, we grew up with 10 people in the family, in the house, trying to eat at the same time. On one person with a job. And we can take stew and make it last, do wonders with it, with some cornbread. And life really was the same as today, but we looked at it more simple with more joy. That's why I said, don't take yourself so seriously. If I took myself seriously, I'll never make it. Because it's really, life again should be fun. That's why I said rejoice. Made you laugh, see? Laughing is good for the soul. How about this one? How about rejoicing in good news? Luke 10, 20 says this. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. This is Jesus when he sent the 12 out. They came back and they gave him authority to cast out demons and do things and preach the kingdom of God. They came back celebrating. He said, no, why don't you celebrate that you know the end from the beginning? 
that your name is written in the book of life. When it's all, some days, the worst day, my, my name is written. When all things seem to be falling apart, my name is written. This breakdown, that breaks down, my name is written. Because it has nothing to do on my circumstance of today. It's an eternal joy, eternal um, celebration every single day. Every day. But you have to renew your mind on that. I'm not trying to give you pop psychology. I'm trying to help you make Thanksgiving every day. How about this one? Rejoice with others. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Romans 12, 15. Rejoicing in family. Isn't that fun? Now, weeping thing, I got got to tell you, I don't like bad news. So you tell someone, they'll tell me. Then you cheer up, then we can hang out. No, I'm just kidding. But rejoicing with other people. Hanging out. When's the last time you hung out with some brothers and sisters that just had a great time? No one's raising their hand. What do y'all guys do all your lives? Okay. What happened to that? We build houses that we don't do that anymore, hang out and rejoice with one. When someone passes a test or someone's just celebrating God, when we get to read your cards and we're here, man, they got the job they were praying for, we get to celebrate with you. You get to rejoice with one another. And then we have to weep, you weep with one another too. But you get to hang out and enjoy people. How many enjoy people? How many are lying just raising your hand because you don't want Because if you did like people, you'd be hanging out more with them. Think about it. Yeah, y'all thinking now. Yes, you're right. I don't like people. That's why I don't hang out with them. I'm barely dealing with you. But anyway, let's move on. Okay, rejoice with those who rejoice. We do those who weep. Second thing is pray. Pray. Now it says pray without ceasing, which means really doesn't God doesn't want you on your knees twenty four hours a day praying. Somehow consist uh, constantly in a in a time of prayer. Thanking God just as you're going down your day. Consistently just thanking him. How you do that? You just, just, just giving him, I mean, praying and asking him, just talking to him. God, help me with this. This morning when we got up, figured out we're going to have church, not have church. I said, God, what do we do? Because I'm, I'm lost for words. I don't want no one to get hurt. And I just had that time with him. And it just, and I just, this morning, before I get, you know, I'm sitting here just praying. Every day you just have an opportunity to pray and ask and just talk to God. His, you know, prayer is nothing but communication. That's all it is. It's just talking back to God, and he talks back to you. That's all it is. When you look at that, it's amazing. In Luke 18, 1, it says, this is Jesus talking about praying. Uh, and he told them a parable in effect that they ought to always to pray and not lose heart. And he was talking about that. He goes down. If you go down to Luke 18, he's talking about being persistent in your prayers. It's being persistent with God in your prayers. Well, you know the thing I notice about the more I pray on a subject, the more mature I get on that subject. The more I pray for something to change, the more God changes me for that situation. And it's fun because you get to ask God. You always say, God, I would have never thought about it this way. I definitely wouldn't even do it this way. But he always 
speaks to us is really the time is communing with God and speaking with God on every single subject. It doesn't matter. Every subject, you're not going to bother God on anything. And just saying, God, what, you know, what, what's today? Like Thanksgiving. Here's my decision. Here's my, my um, problem. God, do I eat the dessert first and the meal second? Or do I flip it? And then he's going to speak to me. You know what he tells me? Start on Sunday and work your way up. Thus said the Lord. You don't believe me. Okay. You got my God. I got my God. You got your God. He's saying, Pastor Rich, you must be starving. No, I'm fine. Here's where you get caught up in. I'm going to help you with this. With our busy lives of tests and school and this and work and kids, we get caught up on the quantity of time versus the quality of time spent with God. It's not about the quantity. You can spend two minutes with God and get something that takes someone an hour to get. It's about your quality of life, not your quantity of life. For us busy people who put, you know, you have this, your, your um, you have your, your day plan and all that. It's, you need that because you have so many appointments you got to do, so many things you got to do. With God, you can strike up a conversation anywhere, anytime. But it's about the quality of the conversation, not the quantity of it. If you're not a person that can spend an hour on your knees or spend an hour, you can spend 10 minutes, wherever you are. God knows how busy you are. And then it starts to change around for you. Because what happens, you start it, we make a declaration, I'm going to start praying every day for an hour in the morning, I'm going to get up early. That lasts about three days. Come on, somebody. And then you get condemned for the next seven. Versus, I'm going to start with this. Say the same thing with us with study. When I study, I study on Wednesdays. But also one guy said, you know, you maybe do one, two hours a day so you get, you're more fresh. Wednesday wear you out. That's good idea. You have a little bit each day. He says about the quality of time, not the quantity of time. Was busy people? Because I don't care. You have to have a prayer life. Because as James Lowe says, the original J. Lowe, he says this, if you don't pray, you become prey. If we don't pray, we become prey to anything and everything. Because remember, we're in a physical body, but we live in a physical world, a spiritual world. If you don't pray, you become prey. And all these things pop up in your mind. You're wondering why. Which takes us to the next scripture. I love this scripture. Ephesians 6, 18. It says, praying on all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end and keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You're praying in the Spirit for you and for your, all the other saints. Now, that's a weird word, but I said praying in the Spirit. People get weird, but you shouldn't get weird because it's a prayer language. You shouldn't get weird. What do you mean, Pastor? Let me tell you about what this means in the practical realm. When we, I was in certain jobs, that we had a regular telephone. And then we had a phone 
that you use for direct communication. This phone, everybody hears it, what you're saying. It's monitored. This phone, no one can hear it. And when you picked up the line, you talked directly to the authority of what you're doing. You didn't have to go to a, someone else. When you're talking about praying in the spirit, you're praying direct, talking directly to God. Now, here's what messes you up. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know what's going on. But it's not there for you to understand it. For God knows what you need. And you don't know what to pray for sometimes. And sometimes you'll go praying in the spirit and you do the right thing because you're talking directly to God, not to you and not to someone else. Now, here's where we, we, we get caught up in the Bible. Because, well, that, that stuff was a long... I can't see... You know, one of the frustrating things I've had growing up in going to school, nothing worth spending $100 for a textbook. And, the, and he says, well, we're not going to do this last chapter because it was revised. It's old data. I spent $100 on this book. We're not going to go through the whole book. Guys, can I help you? Don't read the Bible like a textbook. I can't believe we have a God that says it's in the Bible, but hey, it's not there anymore. It doesn't count. Why would he do that? Why would he say psych? Why would he do that? And miss the fullness of all God has for us. Because it isn't a question about what's in the Bible. It's the question of what you know about your father. Because your father will give you all things, not hide all things. Why would he hide that from you? That's a bad joke. When you can ask your father for anything and everything. He's not, that's what happened in the garden. You have the whole garden, but don't touch it. Well, he's keeping something from us. So they negate that and go after this. And when you're talking about praying in the spirit, it messes your intellect up. And I tell you, I took all the Bible classes. Everyone thought we had a, a two guys, the book of Isaiah. They thought we had two people in the book of Isaiah because the way he prophesied so wide. You know what my professor said? He said, the problem said, Rich, he said, here's the thing. It is so accurate that our mind can't wrap around it, so we'll come up something to, to try to prove it. One guy wrote it. That's how marvelous our God is. He knows the end from the beginning. That's how fantastic he is. So if he knows so much more, and I love um, Deuteronomy says, there's the secret things of God and there's the things revealed to us. That was revealed to me, I'm going to dance in. The ones that secret, whenever I get there, he'll let me know or he'll reveal it to me here on earth. But I'm going to believe what I have right now because you need faith for that. The last one is give thanks. Give thanks. Verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. Here's a bullet. No matter what's happening, all things work together for our good. Pull up Romans 8.28. We know that those who love God, some things. Everyone said, all things work together for those, for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. 
We can give thanks because we know all things are working. You know what I notice? When I'm going through the worst trials, I'm learning the most. Now, I hate it when I have to go through them, but I know I learn a whole lot more going through them than if I didn't go through anything. But when you have the faith to know that God's going to work all things, good or bad, out for your, on your behalf, for your good and for his glory, you can always give thanks for any situation. Any situation. Because it's always working good. Here's, I'll give you an example. Now, you, some of y'all knew, I, never, I told this story before. It's a 2000, we're going to fall through the roof. 2007, I'm going to be like uh, Bob Vila and fix my house. I think the light's out, so I'm going to climb up on a ladder and fix the light. Well, I climb up on the ladder, the ladder goes, oh, <laughs> this ladder doesn't work. And then you have that moment, this is going to be bad. And I fell back, went through halfway through the kitchen, got caught, got hit here through the rafters. tragedy. Felt like an idiot. Say, God, why? When I went to the hospital and they went to reveal, I had a, first I had a broken rib, but then they, you guys prayed for me in the emergency room and the rib went back into shape. Because the doctor said he has a broken foot and a busted rib. And they prayed, y'all, y'all closed the doors, they went to town on me, he came back, no broken foot, and the rib's fine. Okay, now, that's my miracle. The other miracle was this. When I went and they found something on my kidneys, on my liver. They said, you have a problem, an enzyme problem. Found out I had a condition that was just inside of me about to explode called diverticulitis. Discovered that. I got sick from it, but they were able to discover that. Here's the thing. If I wouldn't have fell through the roof, they would have never discovered their problem. And doctors wouldn't have witnessed a miracle in the emergency room. Because so God works all things according to those who are called and those who want to obey him. I was able to find, they were able to find out what's wrong with me, get me the help I needed, and I'm on my way. I would have never known if I didn't fall through the roof and felt like an idiot. But God had a bigger plan. That's why you can always give thanks. He has a bigger plan. When you go, you're going to have some of your relatives like, oh, I got to go see Uncle Gus. Everyone has one. And memories will shoot up. But you got to rejoice that you're breathing. You get to pray. God, you know I'm in here take care of me, and you get to give thanks for the opportunity, really, to meet those relatives that don't know Jesus and help them find Jesus. And you sustain Thanksgiving that way. And you don't take yourself so seriously. Why don't we all stand? What are we going to do? I told the guys, let's end in some songs. Have a, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to pray for you who's going, who's going out of town. We'll pray for you guys. Have the best time you can have. Again, those three things, you take them with you. Rejoice when you get on the plane if it's delayed. 
Remember, you're flying at 40,000 feet without, without anything holding you up. Pray while you're sitting in the terminal or just anywhere you are. And giving thanks for the opportunity to go. But this should be an everyday thing for us. That's how we sustain the Thanksgiving. That's how you have fun again. When you're, too, when, you're too, when you're young and you're treating yourself too old, you're going to die quick. And God didn't want you to die quick. He wants you to live a long and prosperous life here on earth to show that his covenant works, to show that his covenant is good, to show that he, we are loved by him. That's the greatest thing about Thanksgiving. Every day for us is not a four-week series. It's an everyday event for us. If you're breathing today, hey, thank God. You got paid today. Thank God. It was only $200. Hey, you got money. Word, yeah, right. You got to find something to thank. No one should be absent of what to thank God for. If you're breathing, party. Because someone isn't today. If you know Jesus, party. Someone doesn't know him today. Can we celebrate today? I want to change your faces to this. That's why I told all those jokes. Because you guys are like, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> I know, but hey, I took a gifts test. I'm animated. I'm happy. <laughs> it's all right, me. I'm okay. We're not videotaping, you know, we're not taping this thing. But really, don't look like that. Celebrate life. Getting married in a couple weeks? Yeah. See, he don't even know. He's losing everything. Anyway. Let's get and go out and praise, and I'm going to pray at the end. Is that okay? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap like you've never done before. Come on.